This is Artists at Work, stories from people who make the arts their business. I'm Thomas Breeden. Ana Luisa Daniel is a Canadian-born vocalist, songwriter, producer, and linguistic anthropologist. Known by her stage name, Quilla, she got her start as a musician in the electronic dance music scene. I always really liked dance music since I was younger. Uh, I used to go to raves when I was younger, back in the day. And I collaborated with a lot of different electronic producers, but making more like uh, experimental and psychedelic electronic music. And then I was a featured vocalist on uh, one of my friend's tracks. It was a song called Walls that got released by Selton Shepard. And so that became a dance floor hit. And so after that, people started hiring me to do vocals for their other tracks too. And then over time, I became a producer as well. Her song Walls charted at number 71 on the Canadian Hot 100 and launched her career as a collaborative songwriter and featured vocalist on dance tracks around the world. Since then, she has written and produced two solo albums, Beautiful Hybrid and You Got It, that were released on her own record label, Ritual Fire Records. Quilla's transition from recording artist to collaborator to producer has been a slow but intentional shift with the goal of sharing her songwriting on its own rather than in the context of a commercial production. It's very different writing commercially compared to writing just for yourself. Uh, so I definitely go through phases where sometimes I want to take on a lot of clients and work with them and try to write a song that suits their needs like for the audience that they're uh, working with. So in the case of dance music, you want to write something that's very euphoric and uplifting and very centered around hooks and melodies that people can really memorize or feel in their hearts like really fast. So that's what dance music is all about. It's, it's almost very formulaic and like simplistic in some ways, but it's very emotive. So you have this combination of something that's very simple, but has to be very catchy and good at the same time it's actually really hard to do <laughs> so um yeah i go through phases like lately i've just been fo more focused on my own productions and um since the last time i talked to you a year ago where i was still working with a lot of clients so i still i'm still doing some collaborations but more and more i've shifted to producing for myself and for other people too i just released one last week it's called wild and kind with molly mcginn so that was a song that she wrote and um that was great because i just I heard her song and right away I was like, oh yeah, I know how this should sound in the song. So it was really awesome to, to be able to work with someone else's lyrics and just like work on the arrangement and the instrumentals and everything and the beats and, and whatnot. So the process with that was very fluid because I wasn't getting into this psychological like self-reflexiveness of like, hmm, is my voice, voice too breathy or like, is it too floaty or is it too throaty or <laughs> you know like uh where, when it's hard you're like producing your own mm -hmm. vocals or your your own songwriting you're like well this section uh, let's just chop this section you know so it is it is nice so i was kind of taking on the role that the producers that i've worked with in the past when they're receiving my vocals and then they're treating them in a certain way so i was doing that with someone else's vocals which was really fun with her expanded identity as a collaborator and producer she has to make organization, time management, and planning her top priorities. Usually at the beginning of my week, um, I make a plan for the week of what I need to get done on different days. Try to pace myself too, so I don't burn out. <laughs> it's very important. Uh, so I plan out when I'm going to have my rehearsals and when I'm going to be recording in the studio. And then every day I try to plan for, you know, making a couple posts a week in social media and whatnot. 
Uh, this is especially important if you're embarking on a larger project, like re recording two or three songs at a time or an album, or if you have collaboration deadlines, it's, it's important to, to plan out, okay, every Thursday I'm going to be recording in the studio for the next three weeks. And then, so that means the night before I have to be fully rehearsed <laughs> and know my lyrics and everything and I'll have them written, write them <laughs> a few days before, you know, if, if you're writing original material. I try to spend anywhere from one to two hours a day rehearsing or recording demos or writing or working on compositions. And if I have a lot of projects going on, I might spend more time, but I'll cut it up throughout the day. So I might spend, you know, half an hour in the morning working on a track and then doing my other day-to-day -day things and then come back to it in the late afternoon or in the evening. So yeah, I try to, you can't force a song, <laughs> but you can space it out and make yourself consistently work on it. She makes the space to create a song by compartmentalizing her work and by shutting out all potential distractions. Well, if I'm rehearsing or writing or whatnot, I'm not thinking about emails at all. So I'll make sure that I'm, you know, up to date with whatever emails and then I'll just completely compartmentalize them <laughs> in my brain. And I don't allow myself to check emails or social media while I'm rehearsing or practicing. I put my phone on silent. I'm missing calls. I'm missing texts. I don't care. That's just for composition time, you can't be distracted. But for when you're doing your day-to-day -day operations, like it's okay if like everything's notifying you at once, like you just learn to balance, okay, I got to write these 17 emails and then I got to like <laughs> finish editing this audio clip or whatever. Like if I'm producing on my computer, I could probably still keep checking email like once an hour or something. But I, I try to take breaks. Like I went to grad school, so you sort of learned how to, not for arts administration, but when you're in university, you learn how to like, okay, I need to do an hour of this and then an hour of that. So you, you create a, a flow. Um, and um, it's taken a long time to get to a place where I feel not stressed <laughs> with like the amount of things that you need to get done in a day. But uh, yeah, I try to enjoy it, you know, so that even if you're, if you like details, then you will like the administrative side too, you know, mm -hmm. take pride in, in, in doing the administrative side well. In addition to her work as a musician and producer, Anna has a day job as a linguistic anthropologist. Oh, I work at Living Tongues Institute for Endangered Languages. And so I've had a really nice chance to, to travel to different places in the world and work with different communities, mostly indigenous communities, and do archiving projects and sound projects, music and language projects, dictionaries. Uh, one of our main things that we do uh, for the public is publish these talking dictionaries, which are online dictionaries that have many, many words and phrases with also the audio component. So a, a native speaker of the language recording um, fluently how, how to say that word or phrase in their language. So you go on the talking dictionary and you can search um, just like you would search on a, a website or Wikipedia or whatnot. And you search for terms and you see the word and its translation into the dominant language as well. So that helps me be very detail oriented because you work with a lot of data and editing and cataloging and transcription. So it attunes your ears to language and music. And you get used to working on long stretches of <laughs> digital work where you just need to like sit there and be very attentive. And so uh, I feel like the, the work I do in music and anthropology, they really influence each other a lot because a lot of it, it comes down to how you present the work to the public, you know? So there's like a strong, if you want to communicate to the public what you're doing, you have to consider uh, the language, the storytelling behind it and the visual representation of what you're doing. 
That visual representation is something that Danielle thinks about a lot as she's crafting her identity as Quilla, producing new work for other artists, and talking to emerging artists, especially in this very visual internet age. The visual component of what we do as musicians is very important, uh, the way we present ourselves. So for example, one of the biggest, most important things that musicians need to know now is that they have to create a visual um, part to their music to be seen on YouTube. So music videos are a very integral part of the way people experience music now. And just because everyone's always online and streaming things, YouTube is the primary place where people get their music now. And of course, also Facebook and SoundCloud and Spotify and other platforms too. So they have to embrace the the visual side too. And that that's taken me a, a long time to do that. It's not just something that happens overnight, like, boom, let's brand ourselves and like, boom, let's, what do you want to look like? Or how, what do you want to say to the public? I don't think it's something that you can, um, if, you, if you're your own artist, like not signed to a particular label um, or anything, it's, it's a kind of a process of soul searching too. It, 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 one side is the arts entrepreneurship, like we're talking about, putting your best foot forward and making yourself look professional. But also the other part about it is trying to understand, for lack of a better term, what's unique about yourself <laughs> and without falling into self-indulgence, <laughs> you know, but tr finding what it is you want to say and, and portraying yourself in that way. And so for me, even though I have, you know, dark parts of my psyche that comes out in some songs, like I want to portray myself in an uplifting way. So that's what I've tried to do in my, the visual side of what I'm doing. Uh, try to put something that's, you know, positive in some, in some sense, because there's a lot of, you know, you could go dark, you know, you could appeal to people's like <laughs> inner darkness if you yeah. wanted to, but you don't have to, you could do however you want. And I think it just takes years. Today, Quilla is producing music for other artists and offering electronic music production classes to share what she has learned about her craft and to help others find their own musical and visual identities. A lot of younger artists feel the pressure to do something big when they're very young. They want to make a slash. They want to be famous, for lack of a better term. You know, they want to get exposure, recognition, all these things that they think are going to get them validation. So they're pushing very hard. And that's, that's good, you know, for people to see ambition. But at the same time, I think it takes a while, um, you know, to, to, to sink in or to, to really accurately have a have a message that you're you know comfortable with that you portray so i talk to a lot of emerging artists who ask for advice and i say just you know take your time like there's no rush thanks for listening to artists at work a podcast from artstitution this episode was written and produced by me thomas breeden with special thanks to anna luisa daniel you can learn more about what she's been up to lately at quillamusic.com that's Q-U-I-L-L-A music.com. Please rate and review the show in your podcast app of choice. That helps this podcast find its way to more people and to share these stories that are so important to hear. You can connect with us on social media at Artstitution. That's A-R-T-S-T-I-T-U-T-I-O-N. We're dedicated to building the arts through storytelling. Learn more at Artstitution.org.